Hey everybody, welcome back to Hollywood Highlights. So this is my movie and TV news episode. It's going to be every single Monday, so keep coming back for more. And being that this is the first episode of the month, I like to do a little segment that I call Flashback, where I go over some movies that have turned 10 years, 20 years, and 30 years old this month. I also have a little bit of trailer talk at the end, going over some of the new trailers that have come out in the past week or so. So without further ado, let's get started with Hollywood Highlights. So The Rock has come out and released a concept art image of his character in the upcoming Jumanji movie. So for those who aren't aware, The Rock, Kevin Hart, and Jack Black are going to be starring in a Jumanji sequel. Originally people were thinking this was going to be a remake or a reboot, but it's actually going to be a sequel. The Rock has come out on Twitter, I believe, or maybe even Instagram, and he's letting everybody know, listen, I'm a huge fan of the original Jumanji. I love Robin Williams. I love what Robin Williams did in the first movie. We're not going to be tarnishing that or trying to redo it in any way. This is just a continuation of the story. 20 or so years later. So I am glad about that. I don't want to see a remake. I love the original movie and you're not going to top what Robin Williams did in that movie. That's one of my favorite movies in my youth. But this concept art for, um, this concept art image that comes out actually looks pretty cool. It looks a lot out of like Jurassic Park, but that does kind of fit with the theme of Jumanji. His character is going to be called Dr. Bravestone. Haven't heard anything about Kevin Hart or Jack Black's character. Um, I'm curious if any of these guys are going to be playing some of the kids maybe or a character that we did see in the first movie you know like uh peter i believe was the little boy's name maybe jack black's gonna be playing peter but uh i am looking forward to seeing what comes out of this i do like this concept art image i love the rock he's even when he's in a bad movie the guy just puts his heart and soul into everything so i respect him a lot i like the fact that he's attached to this i just hope they don't try to turn it into a really silly goofy comedy i hope they keep the magic of that original movie so look out for a jumanji sequel starring the rock well, yet another casting addition to Spider-Man Homecoming, John Favreau is being announced to also be in this movie, reprising his role of Happy Hogan, who we've seen in all three of the Iron Man movies. He's basically Iron Man's chauffeur or limo driver. Uh, I liked what he did in those movies a lot, especially the third movie. He got a lot more to do. I love John Favreau as an actor and as a director. I think he's a very funny guy. I'm just worried that this movie is getting way too stacked with casting. Now, obviously, it just depends on how much they're actually going to be utilizing these characters. If John Favreau shows up for two minutes, he's not going to make that big of a difference or make it feel overcrowded. But it seems like every other day we see somebody getting added to the cast of this movie. You know, we already have the screen being shared by Spider-Man and Iron Man. To what degree Tony Stark is going to be in this movie, we still don't know. He might just be kind of a mentor role that we show up here and there. You know, they have a lot to do in this movie. They have to reintroduce the Spider-Man universe and all the characters that we know and love, like Flash Thompson and some of his classmates. And then they're going to be having Iron Man in it to some degree. So I'm just worried that they're going to be overstacking the cast a little bit. And I'm also worried a little bit about the director choice because John Watts is one of those directors that has not impressed me very much at all so far. But just keep your eye out for more casting because I'm sure we're going to see at least 10 or 20 more people getting added to this movie before we see any footage. But Spider-Man Homecoming, I believe it comes out some to sometime towards the later half of next year. So keep an eye out for that. Pitch Perfect 3 has found its director in Trish Sai. She's the one who directed Step Up All In. Elizabeth Banks, who's one of the stars of the movie, directed the second one, so I guess she's not going to be coming back for that. Uh, I have not seen any of the Pitch Perfect movies. I own all of them because my girlfriend loves them, but I know it's a very popular movie series. It's one of the biggest movies, I believe, of last year, Pitch Perfect 2, so obviously this movie has an audience, so prepare for a third one with an all-new director. It's supposed to be coming out December 22nd, 2017, so for all you Pitch Perfect fans, check that out whenever it comes out. 
Oh, Nathan Drake cannot get a break in the movie world. The Uncharted movie has once again been dropped from Sony's release schedule. Now, this movie I've talked about before it has gone through absolute development hell. Probably the past four or five years, this movie has been cycling directors and writers and stars. You know, originally David O. Russell was supposed to be doing this movie and it was going to have like Joe Pesci and Robert De Niro playing Nathan Drake's uncles and Mark Wahlberg was going to play him. And then they came in and they had the horrible bosses writer and director doing it. And now they've got a writer in Joe Carnahan. Now this is the guy who brought us Smoke and Aces. He wrote and directed that. He brought us the A-Team movie, which some people kind of give some shit, but I actually thought that was a really, really cool action movie. And he also did probably my favorite movie of his, The Grey, with Liam Neeson, where he's stuck in the wilderness and has to fight off wolves. That was an awesome, awesome movie. Uh, and now he's going to be writing this Uncharted movie. He's not set to direct it yet, but I have a sneaking suspicion but I have a sneaking suspicion that maybe they removed it from their release slate so that he can have time to direct it. He's currently writing and directing the new Bad Boys movie, Bad Boys for Life, I believe is what it was called. So once he's done with that, then he'll be able to direct this. And honestly, I'm fine with waiting for that. You know, I absolutely love the Uncharted series of video games. It's probably my second or third favorite video game series ever. I love all four of them. The fourth one was a phenomenal finale, assuming, of course, that this is actually the last game. But I am more than happy to wait a little bit longer as long as they're going to deliver something as quality as those games are. We're also probably trying to see what goes on with the Assassin's Creed movie since Warcraft really disappointed this year as far as the money and the quality of that movie. So, Uncharted getting put in the back burner yet again. I'm hoping, I'm hoping that Joe Carnahan is going to come and direct this, although if he is writing it, I do have faith that as long as they get a good director, we'll get something good out of this. So keep an eye out for the Uncharted movie. Hopefully we'll get it before it uh, kind of gets thrown in the trash forever. Some set photos of Logan Lucky, this is Steven Soderbergh's new movie, have come out online. The story of this movie is going to be focusing on two brothers who try to pull off a big heist during a high-profile NASCAR race. And these set photos are showing what we can expect from it so far. So it's got a pretty awesome cast. you got Daniel Craig, Channing Tatum, Sebastian Stan, Adam Driver, Hilary Swank, Katherine Heigl, Riley Koff and Seth MacFarlane, strange enough. So pretty stacked cast. It shows Daniel Craig having like some white hair. He's supposed to be like an ex-con. It's got Riley Cuff rocking around in a bunch of like hooker dresses and uh, some Daisy Dukes and stuff like that. So obviously she's gonna be kind of the, uh, the girlfriend of one of these two convicts. But Steven Soderbergh's a pretty good director. He definitely is one of those directors that have their own style. You know, hopefully we get something really cool out of this. You would you would hope with a cast that big that we're going to get something really special because they saw something really good in the script. Hopefully this isn't just like a cash grab movie where everybody's just trying to cut a paycheck. But check these set photos out. Um, hopefully we'll see a trailer before long because it does sound like it could be a setup for a pretty interesting movie. Colin Firth has come out and made a few comments regarding the Kingsman sequel. So some small spoilers if you haven't seen Kingsman The Secret Service, which I absolutely recommend you go and see if you have not. So if you don't want to hear anything about this movie, go ahead and skip to the next segment. But Colin Firth has come out saying that basically it's no shock to everybody. Everybody's pretty much already seen from the poster that they released and from some of the set photos that his character, Harry Hart, will be returning in the second movie to some degree. You know, he was shot in the head about two thirds of the way through the first movie, pretty definitively. It wasn't like 
off screen or anything like that. I mean, it showed him getting his head blown off. So people are curious if maybe this is a twin or if they're somehow able to revive him or if this is just maybe him living on through some footage, like kind of maybe like what uh, Jamie Kennedy did in the Scream movies. He just kind of filmed some stuff before he got shot. Nobody knows, but he's come out saying that, yes, it's no secret. He's going to be back to some form and not to expect a conventional sequel. He said that this movie is definitely going to stand on its own. And it's going to be very different from what you expect from most sequels. So that excites me a lot. I was a huge fan of the first Kingsman Strength. Strangely enough, I didn't like it the first time I watched it. I don't know if maybe it wasn't what I was expecting, but I gave it a second shot and I loved it from start to finish. It's one of the coolest action movies and coolest plays on the spy franchise that we've had in a long time. And Harry Hart, what Colin Firth brought to that character is one of the biggest reasons why that movie was so great. So I'm very excited to see that he's going to be back in this movie to whatever degree he's back. I'm very curious what the story direction is going to be in this Kingsman the Golden Circle. But keep an eye out for it. It's supposed to be coming out June 16th of next year. So keep an eye out for Kingsman the Golden Circle. Now on to the biggest story and the story that I am most happy to be talking about. Stranger Things has finally been announced for a season two. Not like it was any surprise. We all knew with how great that show was and with how successful it's been that we're going to get something new, but never hurts to get a little bit of reassurance that we are in fact getting a season two. The Duffer Brothers have come out, given a few details of what to expect from season two. They said it's going to pick up about a year after. It's going to be what they are basically calling a sequel, not a second season, which I don't know, that's the second season. But um, it's going to take place a year later. It's going to focus on the same kids, which is great because they're the, one of the best reasons of why Stranger Things was so good. Um, they're kind of leaving it up in the air on whether or not we're going to see Eleven again. But come on, we're going to see Eleven. Don't let them play you. So they said they're going to be introducing three new major characters that's going to be kind of joining the group. So I'm going to read a little bit of what they're telling these three characters going to be like. you got three new characters by the name of Max, who is going to be a 13-year-old sheltered tomboyish female. Uh, you have Roman, who is an antisocial outsider with a revenge drive. And you have Billy, who is a muscular, overconfident 17-year-old with a rumored dark and violent past. So they sound like they'll fit in with this little group of people we got on Stranger Things. You know, if you've heard my review on my podcast, which I also have on my YouTube channel now, um, me and Holly absolutely love Stranger Things. If you have not seen season one of Stranger Things, go and check it out. It's one of the best things that Netflix has ever put out. It's an incredible eight-episode series. It's a really easy binge. It's eight episodes, so you can blow through that in a long weekend. Um, it does a really good job of kind of combining Steven Spielberg style with Stephen King style with a little bit of John Carpenter without ever feeling like they're just outright copying any of those three guys. It's a beautiful mesh of all three of those kind of uh, styles. It was an incredible watch and I cannot wait for season two and getting little details like this just makes me more excited for it. So it's supposed to be coming out sometime next year. I'd imagine about the same time this first season came out, so sometime in the early summer. But if you have not seen Stranger Things, let's pull up Netflix right now and go and watch it. It's an absolutely amazing eight episode series. And for those of you who have seen Stranger Things season one, get ready for season two because it's coming. Alright guys, moving on to flashbacks. So this is, like I said in the beginning, a segment where the beginning of the month I like to talk about some movies that are turning 10 years, 20 years, and 30 years old this month. Kind of give some of my memories or some of my opinions on some of these movies. I haven't seen all of them obviously, but I just kind of picked through the, the ones that stood out to me. So turning 10 years old this month, we have Crank, which is an awesome Jason Statham movie. It's absolutely wild, batshit insane. It was my number one on my top five Jason Statham movies. Go check that out if you haven't seen it. It's an absolute blast. You know, you've got The Wicker Man, 
which is one of the worst, best movies ever, starring Nicolas Cage. It's a remake of the classic horror movie. And this movie is so horrible that it's hilarious. You know, it's infamous for being one of those so bad it's good movies. You could probably look at a lot of the scenes that people remember this movie for on YouTube. You know, there's scenes where like Nicolas Cage is running around in a bear suit and he's like drop kicking all these religious women. And you know, there's scenes like his, his, just, oh, his overacting is just genius in this movie. Like he's, he grabs a doll and he's like, how did it get burned, how did it get burned, how did it get burned? Just, that movie is fucking hilarious to watch. If, you, if you're one of those people that can appreciate movies that are so bad that they're somewhat enjoyable, The Wicker Man is one of the best ones of those, so. It shouldn't be that hard to find, but it's actually pretty fun to watch. It's so bad. You've got The Black Dahlia, which was a movie that I remember seeing. It's a Brian De Palma movie, and it's based off the Black Dahlia murder, obviously. And I remember it being a really weird, stylized version, and I don't remember it being very good. I know Josh Hartnett was in it. I remember him like missing some teeth or something, and he has like a little mouthpiece he pulls in and out. Don't remember liking the movie very much, but I do remember seeing it. Gridiron Gang, which is that football movie with The Rock where he has like the group of misfits in a little kid's camp who have been sent there from, you know, shoplifting or, you know, it's like a, a juvenile uh, camp. And he basically tries to get them to have a football team to kind of bring their spirits up. It's, I remember it being a pretty good movie. You know, it was kind of along the lines of Hardball. If you've seen that movie with Keanu Reeves, it's kind of like that, but pretty decent movie. Flyboys, which is actually a pretty underrated movie. It stars James Franco and a couple other actors that we see here and there. I remember I had to go see this movie for my AP history class when I was in uh, in high school. So this is a movie that I otherwise would have skipped over, but me and my dad went and saw it so that I can get some extra credit in my class. And we actually enjoyed the hell out of it. So that was some of the easiest extra credit I've ever gotten. But it basically tells the story of this group of guys that are going to be this kind of air squadron in France during, I believe it was World War II, it might have been World War I. But it basically tells the story of James Franco, he's the young cocky pilot who's kind of trying to run basically this squadron and you got this other guy who's this big badass that's been around forever. He goes off, every time that all the squadron comes in and they go off for the night to like go to sleep or go eat or whatever, he always gets back in his plane and goes off and tries to fight some more by himself. Um, it's a very cool movie. You know, it, the special effects aren't the best, but it's a very cool movie. It's a very enjoyable watch. There's a really cool scene at the end with how James Franco kind of gets back at the main villain. I'm um, not going to spoil how it happens, but Flyboys is actually a pretty underrated movie. So if you haven't seen, seen um, Flyboys, go ahead and check that out. It's pretty cool. And Jackass number two is also turning 10 years old. Now, Jackass, I always remember the show being on, but I never had any interest in watching it. And I remember uh, my cousin had come over. Um, and brought Jackass number two, and I had never really had any interest in seeing the first movie, and we watched it, and aside from the fact that there's some parts that are absolutely disgusting, I mean, if you've seen Jackass, you know the parts I'm talking about. I laughed my ass off during Jackass number two. You know, the, the number three was actually really good too, but number two was kind of the end of their little run where they were kind of the kings of MTV or whatever station that show was on. But that's, that was a pretty fun, sick movie. Now, the last movie to turn 10 years old is The Guardian. Now, that's the one with Ashton Kutcher and Kevin Costner where they're playing the Coast Guard. You know, it's like kind of your typical 
young cocky guy comes in to join a certain military branch and you have the hard ass drill instructor who's trying to kind of beat him into submission. It's basically one of those movies, but with the Coast Guard. Pretty decent movie. It wasn't great. You know, Ashton Kutcher is a guy that I like sometimes and I don't like sometimes. Kevin Costner always is good, but um, it was a movie I remember being pretty good for the first half and then just kind of getting cliche towards the end. So it was a decent movie. Now, as far as movies turning 20 years old, you've got Bulletproof, which is actually one of Adam Sandler's most underrated comedies. This stars him and Dennis, um, Damon Waynes. I don't know why I was saying Dennis. Uh, basically, they're both criminals and they're best friends, but Damon Waynes is in fact an undercover cop and he's trying to bust Adam Sandler's boss. So he's befriending Adam Sandler to get close to James Caan, who's like this big drug kingpin. And after Adam Sandler finds out that Damon Wayans is a cop, their friendship kind of blows up, everything hits the fan, and the movie is basically about Damon Wayans trying to keep Adam Sandler safe from James Caan. All the while, they hate each other, and there's this great back and forth comedy between, between those two. With Adam Sandler not delivering anything of quality over the past like 10 or 12 years, for those of you who are really foaming at the mouth for a good Adam Sandler movie, if you have not seen Bulletproof, go and check that out because that's a really underrated comedy. Uh, Maximum Risk, never seen it. I know it's a John Claude movie. That's one of kind of when he was having his little B action run. Fly Away Home, which I do remember, that had Anna Paquin where she kind of built the little airplanes with her um, her father Jeff Bridges, the little scooters with wings where she could kind of guide their little flock of ducks home uh, south for the winter or something like that. I've seen pieces of it, I've never seen the whole movie. Uh, the Rich Man's Wife, which I remember being kind of one of those Halle Berry vehicles whenever she first started coming onto the scene. And Last Man Standing, which is a Bruce Willis movie I've seen once, don't remember loving it. It's kind of like a over-the-top action western basically he comes into a town just i remember whenever he shot guys they would like fly across the room so very over-the-top movie and extreme measures which is the movie with gene hackman and the actor that i cannot remember his damn name but um basically i remember it being some kind of a medical drama i remember the the actor that i can't remember his damn name he uh he wakes up and he feels like he's paralyzed at some point because they've been like medically inducing his you know paralysis but uh, that movie I do remember, so it's been 20 years since that came out. So those are your 20-year-old movies. As far as movies turning 30 years old, which only one of these I have seen. Uh, 30 years ago, we got River's Edge, which is like this murder drama with Keanu Reeves and Crispin Glover. If I'm not mistaken, that's what it's about. Um, Blue Velvet, Crocodile Dundee, which is the only one that I have seen. That kind of goofy 80s movie with... Uh, Paul Hogan playing, you know, the, the Aussie guy that comes to New York, if I don't, uh, if I remember correctly. That's Life and The Boy Who Could Fly. So if you remember those movies, they are now 30 years old. So that wraps up my flashback segment, guys. Uh, moving on to trailer talk. Just a couple trailers this week. We've got Max Steel, which is supposed to be coming out October 14th. Now, this movie, it was a big cartoon and a big toy line when I was kind of getting into my preteen years. So I kind of missed that generation. I never remember watching the cartoon. I didn't own any of the toys, but I do remember this having a big following. And from what I remember and from the pictures that I've looked at, this trailer actually looks a lot like the animated series. So I haven't watched it. So again, if you disagree, keep that in mind. But it does look like it's made, it's made for kids. I mean, it's not made for me. You know, this is meant for meant for kids like 
seven years old to like 11 or 12. This is meant for that preteen age. It looks very flashy, very young adult, kind of goofy. It has a lot of the same humor we've seen in a lot of these movies with, you know, the guy trying to impress the girl and he's really nervous. And But the special effects do look pretty good. It looks a little bit over the top and flashy and stylized and, you know, stuff like that, but it's supposed to be. And like I said, this is for kids, so this isn't meant to win any awards, but it did look pretty cool. So if you do remember the Max Steel cartoon, and you are looking forward to a movie, check out this trailer and hopefully the movie will be good as well and you can check that out. If not, this is probably something that a lot of us are just going to be taking our kids to see. So, Max Steel coming out October 14th. The trailer actually looked pretty cool. The next trailer I watched was USS Indianapolis Men of Courage, which is supposed to be coming out September 1st to, I believe, a limited release since we're already past September 1st and I haven't seen it in any theaters. So. I don't know when the official release date is or if this is just going to be in a few theaters, maybe a VOD, but apparently it's already out somewhere. But this trailer was kind of a mixed bag because this tells the story of the real life flagship that capsized and it's supposed to be one of the biggest, if not the biggest, fatality count in U.S. naval history. And it also tells the story of the 900 survivors of this ship capsizing their continuing struggle to stay alive while waiting to be rescued you know they're fighting off the elements starvation dehydration sharks sharks show up in this damn movie so um the basic idea of this trailer the first half it looked like your typical naval war movie you know nicholas cage is in this tom sizemore is in this thomas jane is in this and basically it showed nicholas cage kind of commanding the people around this ship and they get attacked by Japan and the ship starts to capsize. And that was the first half of the trailer. And I was like, eh, it looks kind of like a lower budget version of some things I've seen before. Then the second half of this trailer started. And then it had my attention because then it shows all 900 of these guys floating around in these various flotation devices that they've kind of concocted together. And some pretty decent looking sharks actually for the CGI start coming through and start attacking them one by one. It shows them, it, obviously this is over a long period of time, it's just cut for the trailer, but it shows them eventually some people are starving and dying off. And that to me actually looked pretty captivating. Now all that being said, this trailer showed the entire movie. It showed way too much because I honestly don't feel like I even need to watch the movie now. I've seen the beginning of the movie. I've seen the ship capsizing. I've seen them making the stuff to get floated around. I've seen the sharks attacked. And they even show Nicolas Cage surviving to stand trial for what happened to the USS Indianapolis. So you've showed the entire trailer now. So you've showed the entire story now. This is what I hate about trailers nowadays, and this is why I avoid a lot of them if I can, is because you show way too damn much. You don't give any credit to the people who watch your trailers to be able to figure this shit out on their own or to go to see the movie to enjoy the story. You have to tell us every single story point in two and a half minutes, so now we have no point to go see the movie. Why would we pay $10 to go see something that we just saw the entire storyline? Now we know everything that happens. So that kind of angered me towards the end because I was actually kind of interested in seeing this movie until I started seeing all these little different quick cut scenes. I'm like, oh, so Nicolas Cage survives. Oh, so that guy survives. Oh, so that guy doesn't. And just, I'm not going to rant on it for too long, but this is why I hate watching trailers a lot nowadays. They just, they suck at keeping the story under wraps. So this movie did look interesting. If you want to check out the trailer, I'd say stop it at about two thirds of the way through but it looked interesting. I'm curious to see what some of the critics are gonna be saying about it. If I do see it anywhere around me, I might go give it a shot, but like I said, I don't, it's supposed to be already out. I don't see it anywhere playing anywhere near me. So USS Indianapolis, like I said, find it if you can and go check it out. The next trailer that I watched is called Shut In. This is supposed to be coming out November 11th and this stars Naomi Watts, 
Jacob Tremblay, who's the little boy from Room, who actually did a really good job with that, and Oliver Platt and Charlie Heaton. Now, Charlie Heaton, I believe, was one of the guys from Stranger Things. And basically, this tells a story where Naomi Watts is taking care of Charlie Heaton. He's basically like this handicapped boy who's her son. You know, he doesn't move, he doesn't speak. She's taking care of him in this isolated cabin, and you could tell she's a little bit crazy. The very first scene in the trailer shows her dreaming about drowning her son. So, <laughs> kind of started off in a dark place. But for one reason or another, she decides to adopt or at least take care of Jacob Tremblay. He's like this orphan. And uh, the trailer basically shows him somehow leaving this cabin and he's presumed dead. And Noemi Watts and everybody else presumes that he's dead. And later on, she starts getting haunted by either his presence or his ghost or she's just going nuts, basically. And this movie to me just, it seemed like been there, done that. You know what I mean? I mean, Jacob Tremblay is a child actor to keep your eye on, but I've seen the trailer for this and there was another movie that I talked about in a previous episode where he like whenever he dreams like little colorful butterflies and everything comes out so he's kind of choosing some weird movies you know these weird kind of thrillers I don't know but this looked like your typical run-of-the-mills thriller you know, it didn't look very original and once again the trailer pretty much showed the whole movie you know it showed the beginning it showed the middle with her adopting him and him going missing and it showed pretty much every jump scare or tense moment that we're going to see in the movie from what I can tell. So again, this just goes back to what I'm saying. The trailer showed too much and uh, it looks like a pretty unoriginal movie. So I'm probably not going to be checking this out unless I hear some unbelievable things about it. But if you are a fan of these types of movies, November 11th, check out Shut In. The last trailer that I watched is Kidnap. Now this is supposed to be coming out December 2nd and this stars Halle Berry. And it basically is the story of her son getting kidnapped and her going on this action thriller ride to go and get her son back. She's basically tearing apart half the city and with the trailer showing and making people wreck and driving backwards down the wrong lane of traffic. How many times have we seen that in a movie? So this to me brings up a couple of questions. One, Halle Berry is an incredible actress when she gets the right role. So I'm very confused at why she keeps getting stuck doing these kind of B thrillers. You know, she did The Call, which was a halfway decent movie. She's done like some really bad ones like Perfect Stranger and some other movies like that. I'm just confused at why she doesn't get more better roles and some better movies. You know, but um, that's one thing. And two, how many fucking people are you going to kill to get your son back? Like, I mean, I understand, like, to a degree, yes, we'll all go as far as we need to to save our kids if they're in that situation. But this <laughs> this trailer shows her, like I said, driving down the wrong side of traffic and you got cars flipping over. And obviously the people are all dead and people crashing into each other. And she's just going through terrorizing the city trying to get this kid back. And to me, it just looks really over the top. Now, all that being said... This might be a total guilty pleasure when it comes out. You know, this might be a movie where you kind of have to shut your brain off and just enjoy the ride that it takes you on. Maybe it takes some good twists and turns or something like that. But on the outside looking in, it just looks like a kind of a typical B thriller with some really over the top action scenes. So if you're into that kind of thing or if you're a huge Halle Berry fan, check out Kidnap. Supposed to be coming to theaters on December 2nd. Well, that does it for this episode of Hollywood Highlights, guys. Let me know in the comment section below how you like these shows. For those of you are who are following me in my audio podcast days, let me know how you like the video format better. Um, also, let me know what you think about the movies and the flashback segments and these trailers or even some of the stories that I talked about. Leave all those comments in the comment section below. 
Something else that I also wanted to say is that if you send in some viewer questions in the comment section below, if I get enough of them, I will make a second Q&A separate video. I did a Q&A video about a month and a half ago, but if I get one or two here and there, I'll answer the viewer questions at the end of these Monday episodes of Hollywood Highlights. So leave some of those questions down in the comments below, guys. Please like and subscribe and share this video. And if you like this video, click over here to check out a few more.